got one more question. This this was a good question from you, Johan, actually. Why are white people afraid to feel uncomfortable? And I guess um, also to conclude in this is how, how can we move forward? I think, you know, how how can um, white women help in terms of feminism? I'm happy to start with just picking up on that one of why I think white people feel are afraid to feel uncomfortable. And I I firmly believe this is because um, white people are privileged that we have never been defined by our race. So we've never been defined by the colour of our skin. So we may have experienced um, inequality for other reasons, whether that's about our gender, whether it's about our social economic status, our disability, our um, sexual orientation, um, etc. So, but the colour of our skin has never defined us. And so when then we are talking about race, so often white women's, sorry, not white, not just white women's, but white people's response is, I'm not racist or I don't see colour of skin. And that statement of I don't see colour of skin, I think is so loaded that it shows that people are uncomfortable to actually even use the word my skin is white, your skin is black, my skin is white, your skin is skin is brown. And I think because white people have not been defined by that colour, that means that it, they feel really uncomfortable. I have had so many interactions, not just in the last month, but since I've been doing this work, and particularly more recently in the last two or three years, on the topic of talking to another white person, whether that's a man or a woman, and where I would use the word a black woman, a brown woman, black man, someone would come back to me and say, you can't use that word, Johanna, you can't, use, you can't describe someone, so, someone in, a, in that way, or they just would skirt over the fact that I'd even used the, the, the word that they, you can see physically in their face and the way that they respond, that they feel so uncomfortable about it. And I think that that is part of why racism exists. I mean, there are so, that's a much wider topic, but I think that's really part of why white people feel so uncomfortable and they're not even able to talk to friends, peers, colleagues, um, and, they're, and, they're, and they're scared of feeling uncomfortable. And I don't think that change is going to happen. I really, really believe this. Unless white people start to feel uncomfortable, and it's okay to feel uncomfortable, and it's okay to not know everything. Just in terms of, um, you know, how do we make a change? I had a couple of thoughts that uh, I, I think Dina covered a lot, but also just the small steps that we take. And once people identify the reasoning behind their discomfort, and that Johanna spoke a lot about why the white women do feel uncomfortable discussing this, if you go down to the root of the problem and actually know why you're feeling that discomfort and then take a step in the direction or, you know, just towards improvement, I feel like that will really help. So whether it's just interacting with more people and showing empathy and just, um, I know social media doesn't have that much of an impact if you just feel like starting from there, if, as long as you just make a start, it's always um, helpful for progress. That's a really good point in terms of finding out why and having those discussions. Um, um, well, I think in terms of 
white people feeling uncomfortable. I think that there's two things. I think that in um, when we are talking about being accepted of everyone and um, everyone is equal, I think that that is sometimes misconstrued as trying to see everyone as blanket and not celebrate their what makes them individual. So when you say, I don't see colour, it is, it is offensive. I find it offensive because so much of what I'm about is that I'm a black woman. Um, I, what you may mean is that I don't want to treat you differently because you are black. Do you understand what I mean? Um, so it's that the, the use of language. But also I think that generally um, there seems to be this idea that you talk about equality or privilege for others, it means something's going to be taken away from you. And I think that maybe um, when we're talking about race and, and, and equality and stuff and feminism and, or what, and we're talking about it from a person of colour, there may be that insecurity that that means, well, if, if, if I acknowledge that, that dif- there is this difference and this needs to be addressed, it may affect something, it may take something away from me. So I think there's, there's partly that. And I think that also um, there's society is set up for white supremacy or white people to be viewed as the better or the example of how you should live your life or of, of the right way to be. And I think that sometimes when we talk about race and difference and stuff, it's it's challenging that that systematic and institutionalised approach, you know, that has been there for hundreds of years from colonialism and beyond. So I think that there's so much, there is a need to feel uncomfortable and there's so much to, you know, unpick and unpack that I I, I, I just think that it, it's a space that you're not brought up, if you're white, you're not brought up to have to think about. Um, and then also that there may be, and Johanna was the only white person on this call, maybe able to speak to this, but I feel like there may be this, that a feeling of guilt that you haven't had the same negative experience or that you can't a hundred uh, you'll never understand what that is but you can learn to empathize I don't know yeah it, it you know you touch on and, and I think I personally don't think that white people should have the right to feel guilty because I think guilty is a it's, it's not a nice it's not a nice quality and it's mm. I don't think it's going to start us to change. I think many people are, and I think that that's often the emotional reaction that's occurring. I think that, and this is my person, I'm often embarrassed. I I think about the behaviour of, and this comes back to the same point, is, you know, when we're grouping everyone together, and I've equally had conversations in the last few months with many of my black friends that said, I don't agree with, everything that's been said, everything in the narrative, this is what I think. And I'm equally scared to speak out about it. And, and I think that, again, that's this, this point that we have to be inclusive when we're, you know, talking about very complex topics. But I, you know, I think one of the real emotions I feel is um, 
embarrassed, embarrassed when I see people that are in mainstream media respond to Black Lives Matter uh, with comments of racism doesn't really exist in the UK. It's not It's not like it is in, in, in the US or responses that all lives matter and therefore just showing what a lack of understanding on the, the, the experience of, of black men and women. And I, so, I, so I often have the uh, an emotional response of, of, of feeling embarrassed rather than guilty. But I, I also think that those feelings aren't like, productive. They're not going to get, you know, and Antonio, I think your last question is, was just such an important one for me is that how do we move forward? And, and you know, what's the role of, of, of white women in this and I for me there's one word and it's about consistency mm-hmm. you know Dina you this I'm claiming your word so this you know this isn't a mo- moment it's a it's an entire movement and when we're talking about this topic you know we are as often talking about things that we're doing next year as as we are as we are this this year but and that's why it's consistency. So it's not enough to have one uncomfortable conversation with someone that says something wrong. When you see some an experience of microaggression, when you see someone having a view where it's not informed, they don't have you know perhaps the understanding of of, of the history or diff- different experiences. It's doing it every single time, and and that that for me is every single person you know white woman's responsibility in in this is that it's about being consistent and calling it out every single day um and continuing to do and then particularly for any women that are that are mothers is to have those conversations and it was really interesting a conversation with someone a few weeks ago and said you know I think our children are too young to talk about racism um, my daughter's seven. I said, no, that they're not too young to, to be having co- conversations around racism because actually if our child was a black child, they would have experienced it already. Yeah. Okay. So our children need to be spoken about, I mean, my daughter's mixed, mixed race, but, um, you know, all children need to be having conversations about racism and to think that, you know, I've also heard the argument that if you start talking to children too early about racism, they're not born racist. And we, we know that we know that the biology show, shows that. But very, very early on, social influence ha- happens. We, you know, they're in society, they're around media as so they're picking up on, on, on cues on things around institutional racism. So, that, so they do they learn about it consciously and unconsciously but from a very early age so then why are we scared about talking to them about the topic and that it exists from a really early age again I think that there is a huge responsibility for any mother and father to be having honest conversations about it from a really early age I totally second that yeah I think it was interesting I was having a conversation a couple of weeks ago about how I I myself spoke to my kids about racism from a very early age and the person I was speaking to is a white woman with a white daughter and her child wasn't that much younger than when I started having that conversation with my children and she was shocked because it's just not, it's, it, it, it hadn't even occurred to her 
that, you know, you look at, I think sometimes you try and say, oh, you want to protect kids or do you, do you know what I mean? But it's, it's, it's not as simple as that. Um, and I think that one of the key ways that I feel that we can continue positive allyship is, and I, and I, I, I say this of myself as a black woman, is to keep on being progressive in your nature um, in terms of always learning, always making sure that your media, your content, the books that you're reading is not of, you know, a one particular viewpoint. Um, mm-hmm. And keep on, I mean, and, and this is, this is, I was having this conversation with my daughter and she was, she had pointed out, mum, you're quite progressive in your thinking and some people aren't. But I do, I do think the key to it is the continual onus on ourselves to educate ourselves it doesn't stop from reading free books it doesn't <laughs> in a show on black lives matter it, it, it there's there is so much for all of us to continue to learn and understand and i, I think i'm quite inquisitive in nature so as as a person so i'm always wanting to learn and understand and and broaden my horizons but i think that that is key to progress in on a societal level um and as Jana said just making sure that you are consistent in your behavior um and yeah I, I think that that's that's what's really important like I wish I could um have a peek into next year and see what <laughs> media platforms will be looking like what conversations are being had in the media what um you know what ridiculous comments people are making and how that is being reacted on I'm talking about like David Starkey last week and stuff like is that still at the is that still being instantly challenged and stuff or is it kind of is the momentum and and needs to be progressive going to change and you know no one has that glass ball for me to see that but I know and again I have to be cautious of the social space that I'm in I'm I feel like the conversation will continue but it needs to continue on a wider scale um for that for 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 this to actually be a lot more progressive than it has been yeah no those are some great great answers and I think I second pretty much what all of you have said really um I think you made a good point about white guilt and how it's not helpful I really don't like the idea of white guilt either I've, I've been seeing like a lot of funny articles and really weird comments and stuff from the telly and I just think is this coming from a place of self-reflection and research and conversation or are you just scared of being cancelled and that's what <laughs> I find it really I find very frustrating because I think there's been a lot of people have raised these issues, but how comes now it's something you need to take action, but you didn't take action about this mm-hmm. after X, Y complaints were made to you, you know? So it's... But do you know what? See, with that, sorry to jump in, um, Antonia, but okay. you know, I, I was having this conversation last night with my children and the part of me is a bit like... <laughs> I don't really care what made you turn and understand that this is an issue. I don't care if it happened 10 years ago, you've always known it, or you're only doing something yesterday. I think that what's important is that they're on board. And I don't think that we need to, There's, I, I don't think there's a positive space to question why someone has now is now on board. But, I think it's more... But are they on board for genuine reasons? So I feel like if it's not 
authentic then would it last long but that's you questioning why someone is on it now like if now has been the trigger for them to really assess it that to me that's positive that's different like mm. you, feel you can be triggered now and be authentic or you could have been triggered two years ago 20 years ago and it'd be authentic or you could have been playing lip service for the last 20 years I think that we shouldn't really focus on questioning people's motives in terms of wanting to be part of the change but just accept that they do and embrace that because we'll spend too much time analyzing the wrong things when really our objective should be about creating societal change together um so i think for me moving forward that's one of the things that is really at the forefront of my mind is that we don't focus on the negative we don't over question or over analyze um why people are participating but that we welcome and embrace that opportunity to have a further um, conversation with as many people as possible. Avante, what do you think? What do we, how do you think we could be moving forward? So Dina, I agree with your points actually. Um, the authenticity does definitely matter. I think moving forward people um, instead of just you know in the fear of just not addressing their discomfort, they should analyze why this topic makes them uncomfortable and actually speak up instead of holding back because each individual can make a change. And um, as cheesy as this sounds, we're all in this together. So every one person that comes on board and is authentic and speaks up, the more people will become aware and be educated and um, the more that this movement can progress forward. Uh, Johanna, how about you? Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. And I think people shouldn't necessarily be penalised for have not having spoken out, out, out previously. Um, I think that there has been so much in the media, so much in the political sphere that's often meant that um, people have felt uncomfortable or concerned or, or nervous or apprehensive. Of, of speaking speaking up and that's not to say that it's been the right thing to do or it, it excuses it but I think that there are reasons as to why people may not have spoken up in the past and I think um, I, I agree with your point Dina I think wherever or however someone has come to recognize as an example their white privilege and that they're now acknowledging that and then they're now taking account of that um, that should be that should be encouraged because only when things are encouraged and the good behaviour is rewarded are we going to see see change. I think we've covered a lot of quite challenging topics throughout the discussion, and I think that there isn't necessarily one right answer, but I do think that there is a responsibility of all women to inform themselves more on on this topic and to get a deeper understanding of experiences of women that are not like them that have different color skin to them and I think if every woman was to take that as something that that they were to do I think it would make a huge difference as I talked about earlier I think one of the things is we can never have the ability to be in someone else's shoes but we can have the ability to try and have a broader point of perspective and, and I think that all women should be 
really trying to look quite deep into themselves to gain an understanding of, of different women's perspectives. I 100% agree with that. I think it's been such a enlightening conversation for me. I mean, all of you I, I speak to personally and, you know, we have a, a, a personal relationship, but it's been great to have a conversation on this topic and just understand or identify like how much we some of us have in common and so how our experiences are different and I think it really echoes the fact of what you said just now Johanna but what we kind of stand for as a business about the breadth of um, perspective and the real meaning of inclusiveness and why that's so important um, in all areas of diversity Um, but also like you said as women and I, I think for me what I'm taking away from this is that I have to keep on being um, progressive and open and not becoming um, kind of reliant that the conversations I'm having because I feel I have a diverse network means that it's being covered. There's always more work to be done. There's always uh, a a different perspective to add um, to a conversation and just to be mindful of that as I continue, you know, through my personal and professional career, definitely. Oh, thanks for that, Dina. So actually, it's, it's really interesting because every time I speak about this topic, I learn more and more from people's experiences. And like Dina, you had said that we do have a personal relation and we do discuss this a lot. But I think each time uh, it just gets deeper and more interesting. And Joanna, to add to your point, I feel like uh, definitely all women should understand um, and, you know, be aware of other women's experiences. But uh, I don't think it should just be women. It should all, it should be men as well and, and everyone else because we're all in this together, um, you know, to fight for equality. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree with that more. Definitely. And I think one thing that I'm definitely taking away from this conversation is a point that you made, Johanna, about how this starts from the moment a child is born and not waiting um, and, and really understanding the impact that, and influence that we have and that we do have to be uncomfortable to make those changes. So, no, it's been a great conversation um, and thanks for everyone for joining.